You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, it's Dan. Uh, no mic tonight, everything's all good, uh, but I am joined by another good buddy of mine. You know him from Lighthouse Hockey, you know him from Isles Buzz Podcast, perhaps Advanced Shouting, perhaps his non-hockey podcast, Reliving My Youth, and uh, he's a great dude and he's a friend of mine and his name is Noel Fogelman. Noel, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Dan. I'm very excited to be here and uh, first two episodes were fantastic and I love the series, so it's a good job by you guys. Thanks. Well, I'm I'm super excited. I've been excited all week, uh, and the guy you've picked is 100% a home run. Uh, and when I was putting together like the list of guests I wanted to have on, you were one of the first guys I put on there because you and your son go to actually a lot of Bridgeport games, and so you've probably seen more weird Islanders <laughs> up close and personal <laughs> than most people. You know, we're going to talk to outside of like maybe a few beat writers. You've probably seen people that. Even the B writers haven't seen that just never made it to the big club. You know, that, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's when we first started going, I mean, it was like Brett Galland, you know, Jerry Colleton <laughs> were there. And I think like Sezikis just, you know, got drafted. So he was first there. Brock Nelson was making a name for himself. And it, it was, it was good times. It's when Rick DiPietro got bought out and sent down to Bridgeport. So we saw him for a little bit and it was, you know, hilarity ensued, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, those other guys definitely. We had Brett Gallant 
I think is definitely on the list somewhere. Rick, obviously, way too many games to be a weird. I mean, yeah. he's, he's weird, but yeah, he right. wasn't exactly. in his own way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So the guy you picked is a home run, and uh, and this is just. I mean, I've been I've been I can't, I haven't been able to wait all week to talk about this guy because there's just so many layers. So without any further ado, Noel Fogelman, will you please reveal the weird Islander that you have chosen for this episode? Well, I had to break the streak of the uh, 2000. 2011-2012 Islanders, but I went with Captain Canada himself, the rental, Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith. This guy, and it's so funny because when I thought about it, everything about Ryan Smith, comma Islander, everything I remember is like off the ice stuff. I barely remember what he did on the ice, <laughs> which is like kind of crazy when you think about all of the stuff that went came before and after and during and all this. And, and it reminded me of you're a huge Seinfeld fan as I am. And it reminded me of the great George Costanza line. It's like an onion. The more you peel it, the more it stinks. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't I mean, it doesn't really apply. A lot of stuff didn't stink. We'll get to all of it in a little bit, but that was all I thought was, man, the the layers, how long do we want this episode to go? I mean, my God. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, there's so many fans who know, like, general manager Garth Snow or ex general manager now Garth Snow for what he's done in the last, you know, 10 years. But when he first started, th- that was his first, very first year. So it was like such a upheaval. Mike Milbury kind of stepped down. He went to work with Charles Wong and his like entertainment group. So they hired mm-hmm. Neil Smith and this is, you know, it's a rabbit hole. We were definitely going to go down that lasted like three weeks, three to six <laughs> weeks, I think. And then all of a sudden Garth Snow from the pads and the backup goalie, to the GM, he was probably wearing his goalie pads for most of the season, you know, making trades and stuff like that. You know, it was just, right. yeah, it, it, it was, it was nuts. But like you, you said, with Ryan Smith on the ice, there's not much to remember. I mean, his numbers were good, but it was just like everything that came before, came after, came during. It's just like it's a, it's a whirlwind, you know? Yeah, basically, and yeah, and I mean, beginning with like you said, the whole, you know, the fact that Garth Snow is the general manager at all. It was already kind of crazy, you know. I mean, we started out; they started out hiring Neil Smith, and then within a month, less, you know, just a little over a month, the forty days, it was snow, and it was like okay. And you know, the season, st- and it was very weird. And the season starts, and the team isn't really that bad. They're okay. No. I mean, they're they're you know still the veteran team. This was Yashin, Jason Blake, Trent Hunter. Well, Trent Hunter was I guess the young guy at the time. Mike yeah. Sillinger, who was right. you know the veterans veteran, and then like you said, Rick DiPietro. Uh, was was there and, and having one of his better seasons. And so they get closer to the end of the season and they're really trying to make this playoff push. And it seems like, you know, they need they need kind of one more score, one more jolt. And, you know, we're like, okay, well, I mean, who could that even possibly? I don't even know who was like in, in the rumor mill at the time. But meanwhile, across the country in Edmonton, the Oilers are going through the complete opposite. This right. is a team that had just come out of the Stanley Cup final the year before where they lost. And right after they were done, they traded Chris Pronger. They had to trade Chris Pronger because he didn't want to play in Edmonton anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so they exactly. had to trade him to Anaheim. So like all of a sudden they went from being a Stanley a little bit like the Habs this year. They went from being a Stanley Cup finalist to being not very good the right. next year. And their leading scorer was Ryan Smith. And you called him Captain Canada, which is a huge thing because for a lot of his time as an oiler, he was very productive. He was good for about you know, 25, 30 goals a year. But the Oilers stunk. And so right. every year when they got eliminated, he would end up playing for the world championships. Exactly. For, <laughs> and he became – so 
forget about just being an Oilers hero. This dude was like Canada's hero because he cut, he was always playing for Team Canada no matter what. And so there's a lot going on even before we even get to the trade. And like, yeah, I mean, I mean, how how much do you remember of that that period right there before the trade happened? Like those those kinds of rumors because I mean Smith was rumored to be traded because he was a UFA, but I don't nobody saw him coming to the Islanders. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, like the funny thing was like you hear stories and like you know when you invited me on the show and I picked you know Ryan, I went you know on YouTube you know watch all these cl- old clips and yeah. you know, read stories and the amount that Ryan wanted and what the Oilers were offering, you heard different stories. It was five hundred thousand, four hundred thousand. It was every story had a different amount and it was just like <laughs> this is your like this is your guy. This was like the face of the franchise and you can't like agree on a you know, a compromise a little bit. I know yeah. the, the salary cap was changing with, you know, due to the whole CBA. So they had, a, I, I guess kind of lowball him a little bit, but yeah, that like, was the second year of the, the salary cap because the, right. the first year had been the year before. And that's what kind of got Pronger to Edmonton in the first place yeah. because the blues had to get rid of somebody right. and, and Michael he was Pekka, making the most money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was, it was very weird. Cause I remember like, I'm that day vividly. I was driving to work to ESPN, and all of a sudden, and they actually mentioned the Islanders on the 2020 update on WFN. And this was after the deadline, so assuming like, oh, the Islanders didn't make a move. They made a move for Richard Zegnick the day before. I'm like, okay, that, you know, that's great. I think Mark, Mark Andre Bergeron like a week before. So I, okay, Garth made his moves. Okay, that's good. Okay, but then all of a sudden, you hear that they're getting Ryan Smith, and that came out of nowhere. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And I'm thinking about it for about 30 seconds. I'm like, this is a rental. He's no yeah. way he's resigning here. And then that was every story was like, yeah. oh, this is clearly a rental for the Islanders. There was better odds that he was going to end up resigning in, in Edmonton after the season right. than, than resigning with the Islanders. And I'm like, all right, the Islanders still get no respect, even though they made a great trade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that That's so funny that, that you were working at ESPN because I, I was working at the Associated Press at the time. Okay. And I, I feel like it was sort of the same. I was sitting at, at in the office and this trade went down and I was like, wait, what? Like, and yeah. then you're, then the next question is who the hell did they give up to get this guy? And this, this trade has kind of gone down in uh, the annals of Islanders history and Oilers history for two very different reasons. Right. But basically they traded a first round pick and which turned into uh, Alex Plant, who I believe was a defenseman who played for the Oilers for a little while, Robert Nilsson and yeah. Ryan O'Mara. Now Robert Nilsson for who, uh, su- super, now I feel like Mike, cause this is definitely down his, his up his alley. Um, Robert Nilsson was the guy who the Islanders took in the 2003 draft. That was stacked. That draft was, that was the Jack Parisi draft. That was, everybody was in that draft. And the only guy, the only team to walk out with the guy who, without a guy who's like got a whole case for the hall of fame were the Islanders. Cause they took Robert Nilsson, but now they've turned him into Ryan Smith, who, like you said, I mean, even as a rental, that was still, a, a great trade for the I don't know what Kevin Lowe was thinking making this trade. For, I don't know for the Oilers. We'll talk about him in a second. But even as a rental, the Islanders didn't give up anything that we would have missed, you know. And again, Smith is a guy who's you know he, he's he was a scorer and he was a little bit like a net front guy, like uh, like not so much an Anders Lee type, but you know he his his office was you know five or six feet in right. front of the crease, and so you thought. Oh my God, that's an enormous, enormous deal. And again, like you said, like nobody saw the Islanders coming. I mean, I, again, I wish I remembered who, who was rumored at the time, but it definitely wasn't the Islanders. No. Uh, and especially for that package, at least, my God. Yeah, and you know, 
the Islanders always had cap space back then. And yes. You know, so they were like obviously one of the teams that, ha- you know, was able to do it. It was like Ryan O'Mara was the other guy who yeah. I think that was like Mike Milbury's last, uh, last draft right. pick. And he I didn't, played a handful of games. I don't think he played any games at Edmonton. I think Edmonton traded him maybe to go to Anaheim yeah. and played a couple games. But like, you know, Robert Nielsen had a, a cup of coffee. He played a couple good games. You know, I think he yeah. scored maybe 10, 12 goals with the Oilers. So it was like a, a wash pretty much to trade. You know, they Islanders didn't lose anything. I know Edmonton ended up losing Captain Canada, of course, but <laughs> you knew he was coming coming back and he did like four or five years later. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. Um but uh so yeah, so you know, he gets traded and like you said, it was really over just a decimal not even a decimal point, like just a few hundred yeah. thousand dollars in the contract. And I think at the time most people said he he wanted five and a half million. The Oilers offered five million and they just couldn't come to a compromise and I, I don't know. It, it it wasn't a ton of money, and it ended up getting their captain. You know, their their best. He wasn't the captain at the time, but like he was their leading scorer, sort of the face of the franchise. And ended up getting traded all the way to hell to Long Island. And in his exit uh, press availability in front of this <laughs> huge throng of Oilers media, uh, he gave this sort of tearful address to the fans and the team and how he loved it there. And, and, you know, he had, it had been in his home and blah, 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 and all this stuff. The city's like home to me and my family. I got to turn the page, a new chapter in life. Islanders have given me that opportunity to go there and make my best, to make the playoffs and win that cup. So I can bring it down here in Edmonton. That's where my heart is. If you haven't watched this, and it, it it has to be seen to be believed. <laughs> it really, uh, it, it, you know, and like on one hand, you know, watching it now, whatever twenty years later, you know, you kind of feel for the guy. Like he he's been in Edmonton for a decade. Now he's getting traded to the Islanders of all teams. And yeah, okay, fine, he's making a playoff push, but like. Who cares? Like right. <laughs> he's going to yeah. uproot his whole family. You know, the, I'm sure everybody thought they were going to like come to a compromise in this contract. And now all of a sudden, nope, they're like, all right, bye. We'll see you. And the other thing, and I, this is, again, we, you know, we did some research before this, but, and I completely didn't know this. He was traded on the day they retired Mark Messier's jersey. Yep. In yeah. Edmonton. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so it's like everybody's there to like celebrate one of the great Oilers and one of the great Oilers of now is gone. Oh, and by the way, they also lost three nothing that night to the Coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah. you know, oh my God. It's crazy. It's just, I don't know. The whole the whole thing just feels like a whirlwind. It's insane. Yeah. And the press conference, it could be like a TV movie because he's like in front of all these farewell Ryan signs and you know, yeah. the cameras are going off. And, and, yeah, and he's going on. He's thanking basically everyone in Edmonton. I think every season ticket holder got a thank you. He's just going on. And, and you feel bad for the guy. Like I think people remember that press conference and then forget, oh, it was the Islanders he went to. Right. You know, it's like, like they're the afterthought. You know? Right. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And so, yeah, he was traded on on Messier Day and they have all these things going on. And, and one of the stories here from the Edmonton Journal, uh, Glenn Sather was there. And Sather at the time was the – GM of the Rangers and they talked to him and, you know, obviously he, he's like, well, you know, I'm the guy who, so he, he's like, you know, somebody said, oh, well, well you're the guy that traded Wayne Gretzky. And he was yeah. like, he was sold. Make sure you get that right. Right. One funny line. But then say said, I'm sure this wasn't easy for Kevin Lowe, obviously it never is. 
I wish he'd quit trading guys to the Islanders, though. He used to trade with us. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Good on Glenn Sather for trying to, you know, inject a little bit of levity into the situation. But there was no levity to be found for Oilers fans, for the Oilers, for Ryan Smith. It was it was pretty tough. And again, like we laugh, we called him crying Ryan for a yeah. while there because uh, it kind of fit. But like, yeah, looking back, you're just like, man, that must have been just just the most brutal day of his career. Like, just, oh, my God. It yeah. Was, not, not, and you know, you know, obviously, as as this podcast series goes on, we'll talk about guys who definitely did not want to come to the Islanders. But this was one case where I don't, I don't think it was so much just going to the Islanders. I think it was just this guy was just in shock that he wasn't an Oiler anymore. Right. Just, I mean, you know, his brain yeah, broke down. <laughs> right. It's it's a little different from say like Kurt Muller, like mm. you know, a decade ago, where he definitely didn't want to come here and it right, showed. Yeah. He just you know wouldn't show up. I think Ryan. <laughs> When he got here, he wanted to play. He even said in the you know, press conference he wants to help the Islanders win a cup and then, oh, bring it back to Edmonton. You know? yeah. <laughs> right. He had That's to throw right. that in there, of course. That's right. Yeah. And it's like, hmm, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So then he he comes here and the other, the other great video attached to this is this CBC report <laughs> of, hosted by a very young uh, Elliot Friedman, yep. with very short hair at the time. And it's all about, you know, it's a very CBC report. It's almost like a Dateline story, you know, and it follows Ryan Smith getting to landing at LaGuardia with his bags, getting picked up by the Islanders, being driven out to the Coliseum. But the best part of the whole thing is right up front. Well, yeah, the best part, there's a bunch of great parts, but the, my favorite part is right up front. They're in LaGuardia and Friedman makes note of the fact that no Islanders fans are there to like meet him and right. like welcome him to Long Island. But there's one guy yeah. in, a, in a Mets cap who's like, Hey Ryan, yeah, like welcome aboard. And the right. guy's like, "Oh, thanks, man." <laughs> like, yeah, signs autograph. It's just this one guy, right. in a mustache right. and a Mets hat. Ten hours after that emotional farewell, Ryan Smith and wife Stacy arrived at LaGuardia in New York City. Suffice it to say, his arrival wasn't as heavily covered as his goodbye. Only one fan even recognized it. It was the beginning of his transformation from an Oiler. To an island, yeah, and a, and a Miami Dolphins jacket. Yeah, <laughs> he's the only guy in LaGuardia who recognized. He wasn't there for him. He was just walking through the airport, right. and he just happened to recognize him and be like, "Hey, man, welcome to the Islanders." No, oh, thanks. Yeah, and yeah. So, I think that's the moment sold him. He's like, didn't even see his teammates, didn't see uh, the Coliseum, didn't see you know the Marriott. That's the moment that sold him. I'm not yeah. signing here. No, you know, he, <laughs> he leaves. Not. Everyone's crying, emotional. He's got the signs, yeah. and then now he's like getting his yeah. own bags and the exact know. opposite. You know, yeah, it's, first Joey. of all, it's LaGuardia, which is one of the exactly. most depressing places on earth. And yeah, then, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so, so then the CBC thing moves on to, you know, he's, he's being shown around the, the bowels of the Coliseum. Kerry Gwider is there who still works for the Islanders and uh, shows him around and uh, he meets a bunch of the players. So now he, he might know these guys already. Uh, he meets Trent Hunter. Who's there. He meets Jason Blake. And he meets Mike Sillinger. I'm pretty sure he may have played with Sillinger. I mean, Sillinger played with 12 teams, so probably. I'm sure he knows him somehow, from somewhere. And so they're joking around. And one of them, I, I think it was Blake, was like, well, we have media here for the first time. Wow, we haven't seen yeah. these guys all season long. <laughs> Smith starts laughing. And then somebody in the locker room. So Smith is in the locker room. At the, this is, again, at the Coliseum, so it's really small. And he's putting his stuff on. And somebody says, um, hey, do you think we'll be on Hockey Night in Canada tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Smith starts laughing again. So, you know, he put the, the, the yellow practice jersey on. He walks out to the thing. Oh, he talked to um, Marc-Andre Bergeron, who you mentioned before. Who yeah, who he played. Ex-Oilers yeah. teammate. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, so at least he had some familiar face there. And uh, and he takes the ice. He, he signs or he like, you know, fist bumps some little kid on the way in there. And, and like, you know, again, like in watching it now, 20 years later, you're like, you know, I, I see a guy who's trying to make the best of it. Yeah. And like, you know, he's upset. It sucks. He's in shock. But you know what? He's here. And he's going to do the best he can for his new team for as long as he's here. Yeah. You know, it's a true professional. You know, right. it's like the anti-Kurt Muller. And I don't want to bring Kurt Muller <laughs> up again, but it's 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 so true. I mean, because he knows, like, he knew he wasn't going to resign there, but he's got to make the best of it to get his value up. And if he can get his team into the playoffs, even better. And, you know, that's, that's what they did because that, that was a weird ending to that season. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll, uh, I'm sure Wade Dublowitz will get. Of course. An episode at yeah, some I'm point. Sure. <laughs> uh, a weird Islander that people outside of the Islanders uh, even remember. But yeah, they they went on this kind of crazy run to win a bunch of games at the end of the season. And, you know, not for nothing. And again, this is what we were saying before. Like, we remember all of this extra stuff. But like, Smith was pretty productive as an Islander. In 18 games, he had 15 points. He yeah. Five goals and 10 assists. I mean, can't ask for more than that, really. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like it's funny. It's like none of it was memorable, you know. Like, right. like we saw the clip of his first goal, and like I don't remember that. <laughs> no, me neither. No, absolutely not. Batted away, and up comes Smith. Three on two, developing. Smith gains the blue line. Down low for Robitaille. Back in front, Smith scores. Ryan Smith. There you go. Nose down, straight to the net, and he's there to cash in his first goal as a New York Islander, and the Islanders lead it 6-2. to two. That is a Ryan Smith goal. He's not going to stop skating, Howell. You're absolutely right. Who cares if it's a 5-2 lead and there's just three minutes left? Ryan Smith is giving it his all. But, yeah, that you know, he scored the, the first goal on the road, uh, I believe, uh, in Washington, maybe? Yeah, and, it was Washington, um, yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they had this crazy run. And, yeah, I don't remember any of the other goals. But, I mean, you know, he had 10 assists in 18 games. That's, that's pretty good. And, you know, he was, a, again, he was a good player. Like he yeah. was, And he was the kind of guy they kind of needed, like, right around the net, not afraid to just, you know, crash the goalie or that kind of thing. And they didn't really have that back then. And uh, really made them, you know, pretty formidable for a little while. Um, so they get to the playoffs. Again, Very thanks very much to Wade Dublowitz's uh, poke check in the final shootout of the season <laughs> against the New Jersey Devils. And they're matched up against uh, the Buffalo Sabres in the first round. Now, Mike, in our, on Islanders Anxiety, has called this the closest five-game series anybody's ever played. And yeah. he's right. It was a he's pretty right. close series. Um, and in five games, he had one – Ryan Smith had one goal and four assists. And like you said, I did not remember – this playoff goal either. No. <laughs> it just, you know, it's kind of happened. John Hill sends it back in the final seconds now of the second period. Ludman to the line, but not out. Randy Robitaille rolling puck, walking in. Robitaille in front of Thomas 
All those guys were in the neutral zone because they were waiting for that puck to come out. And Ryan Smith with his first playoff goal as an Islander. And what a goal it is. He'll go to the dressing room down one, but energized again through 40 minutes of game number three. Uh, it was in game three, and uh, the Islanders were down. You know, they were actually the, the series was tied at that point. The Islanders would end up losing the game, and then the next two also. But I did not remember this goal at all, uh, and it was kind of funny that you know that was it. That was it for him, basically. Yeah, and you know, it's it's the Islanders' mo in like all these playoff series. They split on the road, and if you oh, it's such a huge you know advantage going back to the Coliseum, and then they lose in five. <laughs> or, or you know, they'll they'll split there, and it's just it's like, come on already! It's, home, it's supposed to be you know, the raucous crowd, or, you know, the Islanders, right. and then boom, it, it's done. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's, I think he scored his goal. I think it was like ten seconds left, and it was game three. I think what you said, and it's like to, to pull it within one goal. And I remember that there was I don't know if it was game three or game four. There was an absolutely brutal call that like, brutal non-call i think it was supposed to be a penalty that really like sc- you know screwed the islanders of course and but like every game is close like like mike said that was the closest like five game series and yeah. that, that might have been the last time the sabers made the playoffs i don't know <laughs> it, it seems like it but oh well yeah because they all oh, right because they played the hurricanes the year before and then they went to the 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 conference finals that year too yeah which would have been this would have been 2007. They Ottawa. So yes, they yeah. would have lost Ottawa too. Yeah, and that's it. That was yeah. the last. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Okay. Well, there you go. There's a piece of Sabres history too, right there, and in, in, right in the middle of Weird Islanders. Right. Like, exactly. This is so great about this show. So, um, yeah. So, and you know, his on ice performance was good, if right. unmemorable. Yeah. And you know, people I think were excited to have him here. Again, he made the best of it. Um, he you know talked about being an Islander and ever. But as you mentioned in that CBC piece, uh, he was pretty cagey about, you know, re-signing. Like he was not, you know, right. he didn't come out and be like, well, you know, we'll have to see what happens. Like he was just like, well, you know, like it wasn't even that. It was just a non-answer, basically. Yeah. And I really think like Garth did his best to like re-sign him. You know, it's like I don't think this was like all like talk. I think he legitimately wanted him back. He figured this unit could have put the C on him. <laughs> it would have been moving forward because if you look at who he signed the following year, you know, he, there was, that team was basically all like unrestricted free agents that walked yeah. out the door. They lost Jason Blake. They lost uh, Randy Robitaille. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way. Oh, thank you for bringing up Randy Robitaille. I completely forgot about that. So in watching these videos of Ryan Smith playing for the Islanders, I did not realize that he and Randy Robitaille had this incredible chemistry. They were like bossy and Trotsier, these right. two guys. Like they <laughs> They were, yeah. Every every goal I saw, they hooked up. Exactly. And yeah, I was like, Randy Robitaille, really? He might have to get an episode of this show too. I'm not even sure, but uh, yeah, that that I did not see coming either. Blake was one thing, but Randy Robitaille, I did not see coming. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you know that, that team, like that team, was sneaky good. I know it sneaked into the playoffs, but I mean, like you know, Miroslav Shatan, you know, Victor Kozlov. They had all these guys. Tom Pody's one year. He he might be a good uh, weird Islander. And then. Because people yeah. don't remember him on the Islanders. I actually had no. him on uh, the Lighthouse Look Back, interviewed him in his very first episode. He was good. And, you know, he shared some good stories about how uh, Garth pretty much screwed him. But all <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, I remember that episode. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Randy Robitaille 
60 games in two stints with the Islanders. He was sandwiched in between. Uh, so he was an Islander, and then he was an Atlanta Thrasher, a Minnesota Wild, Philadelphia Flyer, and then an Islander again. And that's when his his uh, uh, relationship with uh, um, yeah. Ryan Smith began on right. the ice. And uh, yeah, that was that was pretty wild. But uh, yeah, I didn't. So I did not see that coming. But yeah, that was the line: Blake Smith and Randy Robitaille. Yeah, and I'm sure. I'm sure Ryan Smith looked over and is like, "Who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and actually another thing too. Before I forget, so Garth, you know, again, he, he started out the season. You know, he went from backup goalie to general manager in the course of one day in the summer when the Islanders fired uh, Neil Smith. So now it's like, you know, almost a year later, I guess, or whatever, eight months later, he made this enormous trade. It was like the biggest trade of the deadline. His team made the playoffs. Yeah, okay, they they got bounced in the first right. round, but like nobody expected him to even be to go that far. And he gets named general manager of the year by like the sporting news or <laughs> right. something. And it's like, what like what reality am I living in right now? It was like, it was pretty surreal. And again, considering where it started, it was like, I can't believe this guy just got named GM of the year. Uh, I forget if it was the sporting news or the hockey news. Maybe it was the hockey news, but it was like, really? Wow. And and basically it was all due to Ryan Smith while well, and, and Dubble with his poke check. But still, like it was pretty much due to Ryan Smith because the team was pretty much there already. Like it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. You know, it wasn't like he built the team or anything. It was just yeah. like, well, I guess Bergeron came over too. But like that was pretty crazy, crazy that, you know, this guy is the GM. Some, enough people voted for this guy for GM of the year and he was the backup goal of the year before. Right. And, you know, and he brought in like Richard Zagnick like a couple of days before that. And like, he did nothing. I think he hurt his shoulder and like, you know, he, <laughs> he was gone after that. But I, I'd imagine, you know, Garth holding on to that GM of the year award, like carrying it around, kind of like Cuba Gooding Jr. carrying out his Oscar. And even yeah, after he yeah, made right. like Snow Dogs or Daddy Day Camp 4 or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's yeah. pretty much the same. <laughs> I would definitely be carrying around like the cover of the magazine in my pocket all the time. Like, by the way, have you noticed? Exactly. Right. I was the 2007 GM of the year. Um, So, yeah. So, you know, it all seemed like it was, you know, it worked out pretty well. And, but I remember at the time too, and actually by that point I had left the AP and went to my current job um, where I still am. (laughs) Um, You know, I I remember there was a lot of intrigue about whether he was going to sign or not. Right. And at no point did I ever really think he was actually going to resign. I might have hoped no. for it, right. but it just, it didn't feel right. Like it didn't feel like it was really going to happen. So, um, but that went on for a long time that summer. And, you know, there was a lot of, well, what are they going to do? What do they have to give him? How are they going to fit him under the cap? Well, actually it wasn't even so much how are they going to fit him under the cap? It was like, is Charles Wong going to spend the money exactly. to keep Ryan Smith? And that went on for quite a while. And then, July 1st, 2007 comes around and Ryan Smith signs with the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was as out of the blue as him being traded to the Islanders. Cause I remember thinking, why Colorado? That's so weird. Um, but I, I mean, maybe you remember, I believe he turned down quite a bit more money from the Islanders to take the deal with Colorado. Was that, was that true? Or am I misremembering? I, I think it was like a million dollars. Yeah, which okay. I mean, it's you know, it's a decent amount, and so you can say, I mean, Garth did whatever he could, you know, to, to resign him. So he took less money to go someplace else. But you know what? Like even before Smith signed with Colorado, they lost Jason Blake, they lost Kozlov, Tom Pody, yeah. they lost Robitaille, Zednik. So all those guys were already gone. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So you look around, and it's like kind of Will Smith looking in the empty house meme, <laughs> and. and 
what are you going to do? So you, you sign where the best schools are, kind of like Mike, Mike Campton yeah, did with Mike the Rockies. You know? the, old, the old Mike Campton. Well, and Doug Waite, too, I think, also mentioned the schools. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, and the, and the Avalanche at this time, you know, this was sort of, you know, they, they had won the Cup in 2000 and, uh, 2002, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think something like that. And 2001, so, yeah. 2001, okay. And so they – they were um all right yeah it was right Detroit and so you know they were kind of coming down off of their their Stanley Cup high you know guys like Sackick and, and Forsberg I think were gone by the or Sackick may have retired or was on their last legs Forsberg may have may have signed with the Flyers by that point so so I can see why they would want him and you know the thing about it too was like okay fine he took less money to sign with the Avalanche but. I think, and and again, it wasn't a surprise that he didn't sign with the Islanders because I don't know who really thought he was yeah. going to. But signing with Colorado again came out of Clear Blue Sky, and B, like everybody kind of figured, and you alluded to this before, that he would just resign with the Oilers. Like they would, you know, okay, fine. Look, we've done this now. We called each other's bluffs. I got traded. You made your point. Now let's get down to where I'm going to sign. But that didn't materialize either. So everybody was kind of like, well, if he couldn't play with the Oilers, I guess. The Avalanche are, you know, several hundred miles south, but they're kind of very similar. I guess he wasn't going to sign with the Flames right. or Canucks, which would have been yeah. too much, you know, and I, the Jets didn't exist at that point. So, um, yeah, but that was a weird thing. And and as weird as it was seeing him in an Islanders uniform, it was even more weird seeing him in an Avalanche uniform because that was like, you know, it's just like, what? It was almost like seeing Theo Fleury in that Avalanche yeah, uniform. Yeah, exactly. He wore that briefly. And I feel like... He was an avalanche when he first came back to the Islanders, to the Coliseum, and he got like booed or something, I think. Right? Is that what happened? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I don't think it was like over, you know, it wasn't like a Tavares booing, but it was like, you know, I would say half boo, half just, yeah. you know, being apathetic. You know, it was just <laughs> like, all right, great. You know, we knew he was here. You know, it was great. Right. And then uh, Caleb I spent $200 on his jersey, but. You know, <laughs> right. stuff like that. But this stint in Colorado only lasted two years, so he ended up getting yes. traded. Right, and, he, and then to the Kings. So it's like, okay, now he's in L.A. So it just it was another weird spot. You yeah. figured I'd just trade him back to Colorado. I mean, just right. back to Edmonton, but no, you know, further out west. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, basically, right. Yeah. So the Avalanche, I, and I believe he signed like a four year contract, and then yeah, he got traded to the Kings in the middle of it. And the funny thing was, he was as productive for the Kings as he was for the Avalanche. Like he kept, he was at still twenty goals. He had a bad first season with with Colorado, yeah. but then he was, you know, 26, 22, 23 goals. So he was pretty much right back to where he was during his Oilers years. And then the Kings ended up trading him back to the Oilers, and it was almost like everything was back right where it should have been. Right, he ended up playing his final three seasons with the Oilers. They ended up trading him there for a seventh round pick, which. Is nothing like yeah, that's just exactly <laughs> if you talk about future considerations, it's just a seventh round pick. So, uh, you, you know, it ended up coming full circle. It's a little bit like Wendell Clark, like who right. I guarantee we'll get an episode. <laughs> he of this should, show yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, um, but like, you know, he's a guy who never should have left that team in the first place. He never should have left. He was that was his established team. He should have stayed there by circumstances, led him to get traded, and eventually. He ended up back where he should have been. And it's like Ron Hextall, too, who, again, will also get an episode right. of the show. Um, <laughs> they end up right back where they should never have left and all feel sort of right with the world. And, you know, again, I, for me, Paris, I know he, I remember he got booed <clears throat> when he came back, but I, I never held any ill will. Like, this guy had no. no loyalty to the Islanders. Again, he gave it he gave it all while he was here. 
He was totally productive. He seems like a heck of a nice guy. He, I felt bad that he got traded. <laughs> right. He never should have been, should have left. And, uh, and then he, he went back. And so I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't, I wasn't at that game, but I definitely wouldn't have been booing. You know, he's just sort of there. I probably would have given him a polite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But the, yeah, the aftermath. So July, I guess July 2nd, because, you know, normally the Islanders never sign anybody on July 1st, always July 2nd. So it's always like, who's left? <laughs> right. And yeah. I'm sure this guy is definitely getting a show, John Sim. So they ended up yes. signing a three-year deal with the Islanders. <laughs> and you know, that was just, you know, I think he yeah. played two games that year because he got hurt the beginning of the year. And then, yeah. Well, this was the um, the uh, Bill Guerin. Yes. So they signed Garrett. That was their big acquisition. They signed Garen. They made him the captain. They had, well, Miro Shatan was still here already. Um, Richard Park, I believe, yeah. also came on that year. Uh, the late Joe Vasacek, Ruslan Fedotenko. Um, yeah, so th- this year was sort of like the Frankenstein year. Like it was just all these weird, you know, talk about the island of misfit toys. Like it just kind of led to this very strange collection of dudes. It's like, how did any of these guys get here? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you know, the only guy who was drafted by the Islanders at that time was was Trent Hunter and Brian Burrard, who had come back yeah. uh, from his eye injury. So, And, you know, they crazy. really couldn't start the rebuild that year because they had, I think, the first pick in the draft was in the fourth round. Right. So, yeah. So they had to kind of wait one more year and to 2008 before they actually uh, started their uh, decade-long rebuild. <laughs> Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, so the, yeah, the two thousand seven eight season was basically the tank year. Like nobody, yeah. they didn't, they didn't tank, but they sure as heck didn't put out a roster that was going to win a lot of games. You right, kind of see that. And then yeah, at the at the end of the next, well, no, sorry, that was the beginning of the tank. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine was the tank year because the free aging year didn't really work out. And then obviously in two thousand nine, they drafted John Tavares. Yeah, began the the rebuild that. Never really went anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it, no, just, it, kind of, it just happened and then it was over and that was it. But, uh, but yeah, it is funny how, you know, that trade kind of led to that, that tanking again. I, I'm saying tanking. I don't, they weren't, <laughs> I don't know if they were actually really literally tanking, but, you know, I think we can, we can all kind of put yeah. two and two together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is funny how, again, that, you know, not so much the Smith trade, because if he had stayed, they would have probably, again, went with like a veteran sort of free agent lineup. But the fact that he left, left Garth with really no other choice but to pick up all these other sort of misfit pieces, put them together. And when that team didn't work, well, now what are you going to do? Yeah. And now you're into rebuild mode, basically. Yeah. And like Gar- that was Garth's fascination with Oilers began yes. with Ryan Smith, because obviously Garen played there, Wait played there, right. you know, eventually Eberly and yeah. <laughs> Bergeron, Bergeron trading uh, Reinhardt to Edmonton. Yeah. So you know, all, it was just a fascination with it. Yeah. Um, I wonder if like Garth would have had his 2007 self visit his 2018 self and mm. kind of said, trade Don Tavares and kind of oh. see what the Oilers did. They traded yeah. the captain. They weren't going to sign him. Trade him. Yeah, I mean that. That's one of the questions for the ages. I mean, we've we've heard, and and now it's it. You know, at first it was sort of a rumor, but now it's sort of become the accepted uh, history that Tavares said, "Please don't trade me," right. <laughs> or at least his representative was like, yeah. "John would prefer not to be traded," and he didn't. And I mean, you know, I mean, we can obviously what the way it worked out. You know, they got nothing for him, and and he left anyway. Yeah. And, that was a huge thing, but you know, had had he been like, look, 
we're not going. This team's not going anywhere. We need to trade John. Uh, that would have been an interesting conversation, you know, and, and what, what would have happened? And then what, what would they have gotten for him? And that's the thing too. Like, had you traded, you know, him to, I don't know, Florida or whatever, whatever team was good at the time. Yeah. We would have seen, but you know, but that's another thing too, that kind of ties back to Ryan Smith too, was that like, you know, he signed again with Colorado and it just came out of the blue sky. It's obviously not a team that the Islanders have any connection with whatsoever. And so I think that helped, you know, again, make the, it helped sever the connection a lot cleaner. You know, I don't remember a ton of animosity. Again, there was some booze, but I feel like most people just kind of got over it. And I was, I think this too, with like Tavares, like what makes his leaving so awful is that he signed with the exact team that he told us he wasn't going to sign with. Right. And the most obnoxious team in the league with the most obnoxious fans in the world. And had he signed with San Jose or Dallas, (laughs) like like, we would have been like, ah, well, what are you going to do? You know, but no, he had to go and sign there. And it's like, yeah, that's that's what makes it much worse. <laughs> yeah, completely agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I never even began with my question that I was supposed to ask you because we're in the early days of this. But I mean, so I, we'll finish with it. So, like, what was it about Ryan Smith that made you choose him for your weird Islander? Because it's interesting because it's his like acquisition and just legacy just it's it carried over for such a long time i mean like we talked about him on the ice we don't remember much of it but it was garth snow's really only deadline acquisition and it was yeah, seriously a, a, <laughs> yeah exactly a huge one yeah. and then you know we, we kind of look at who they traded for you know they, they yeah. traded um robert nielsen who still has kind of a legacy now with the islanders because zach breezy's here mm. Mm. And, you know, just like kind of how Edmonton traded Ryan Smith, kind of, it should have been kind of a cautionary tale for John Tavares' situation, which it wasn't involving you know, <laughs> Snow. And then just Garcino's fascination with Edmonton Oilers, it kind of, kind of began there. The only thing he just wasn't from like, you know, Northeast, he wasn't from Maine or he wasn't from Boston <laughs> or something like that would have been like, yeah. you know, a twofer right there. Yeah, but, that would have made more sense if yeah. he gone to University of Maine. Yeah. Right. And just like <laughs> that, like 2006, 2017, it kind of has like a special, you know, place in my heart because you know the the poke check by Dubowitz and just they had some like you know that was Yashin's last year because they bought him out. That was really DiPietro's really I think last that was his best year, right? With the Islanders and I think he had a really good year the following year, but that was good. And then that was kind of kind of it. Well, Jake, I think the next year was when he got messed up at the All Star game. Yeah, which I was actually exactly. just talking about <laughs> right. You know, like people forget Jason Blake had forty goals that year. Right, you know, yeah. and the, the most unlikely forty goal scorer until I guess Anders Lee came around after right. that. But it was just like it was it was a weird team, you know. They had really no uh, like homegrown talent. I think Jeff Tambellini might have been the only guy. Yes. But other than that, it was all these like thirty. You think, you think the Islanders team now is old? That team was even older. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and they brought in all those guys because they yeah. were 30, 30 whatever years old because they were all free agents. But it's funny too, like. When you say legacy, like it makes me wonder, like does Ryan Smith know that he has an Islanders legacy? I don't probably he probably not. doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if he, like someone asked him about the island. He's like, oh shoot, I, I did play there. Yeah, you know, I was like, wow, I wasn't dreaming. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. But it was just a well, month long vacation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's what it was basically yeah. a month long. You know, uh, whatever Airbnb uh, right. on Long yeah. Island before that was a thing. But yeah, because again, he went back, he played three more seasons, and then retired and. I'm honestly surprised the Oilers haven't retired his number. It's an, almost another like, 
I don't know why they haven't bothered. I mean, they, they really should. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, he was the face of their franchise for a long time. And yeah, okay, most of those teams weren't very good. But boy, I mean, if you were a fan during the mid-90s to early 2000s and of the Oilers, you, you were a fan of Ryan Smith. I mean, he was their guy, basically. Yeah, as, as long as they don't like retire his number and trade that line. Because if they do that, then they're trading Connor McDavid somewhere. <laughs> Continue <laughs> oh, the tradition. My. No, no, he was 94. With Smith, yeah, and uh, yeah, and um, uh, McDavid is ninety-seven, but uh, well, oh yeah, no, I well, this this is now. If you're talking about trading McDavid at some point, that would be very bad for the <laughs> right, for the yeah. Owners. But uh, but yeah, anyway, so well, this is like I said, this was a home run when you told me about this. When I was like, oh my god, and and like I, I, the other guys, I, I didn't have the same rush of emotions. And memories that came back to me the way they were. It was almost like kind of laughing. Oh man, yeah. this is gonna be funny. But like, like when you when you said Ryan Smith, I was like immediately thrown back fifteen years or whatever it was right. that happened. And I just all of these things. And again, a lot a lot of stuff I didn't remember. And I went going back. I, I you know learned new stuff again. The Messier Day thing, the um, all, all this other <laughs> stuff. And uh, it was just crazy. Like I was like, oh man, what what a huge that was such a huge story at the time. And now it's like, you know, kids today, especially kids, you know, if you're a little kid now growing up watching the Islanders, you you don't know any of this happened. No. This might as well as happen in 1977, as opposed to like, let alone 2007. Meanwhile, for the guy, old guys like us, 2007 doesn't seem like it was that long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so this was great. Uh, so uh, what, what do you got cooking uh, cooking right now? You, you got, always got a lot of stuff on the, on the, a lot of irons in the fire. Um, what's going on with, um, we're living my youth. You just put out a bunch of episodes. So do you have anybody else lined up? Yeah, just we just celebrated our 250th episode and had Adrian Barbo on. So if, if anyone oh, remembers. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, oh, damn. You know, Swamp Thing. Uh, she was in Maud, obviously. And, yeah. You know, she was the voice of Catwoman on Batman the exactly. Animated Series. We, we, oh, man. Yeah, oh. we talk about that. You know, she, <laughs> Star Trek and, you know, back to school, writing the wow, Universal's Wife. and uh, from New York and all exactly, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Creep yeah. Show. Wow. Oh. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so oh, check man, it out. Awesome. There's there's something for everybody in there. I just uh, interviewed, if you are a glam rock metal fan, um, the drummer from Europe. So that'll be coming wow. out soon. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if a lot of Islanders fans know this, but you can follow Noel. What's, what's your Twitter handle? It's uh, the first Noel19. The first Noel19 on Twitter. You should follow Noel. He's obviously a huge Islanders fan. Um, but yeah, he, he also does his podcast uh, and he interviews all kinds of musicians, actors, uh all kinds of creators from you know back in the day 80s 90s and stuff and it's fascinating I, the michael Paré one i listened to and it was great like i, I was i love this guy like I, he was in so many movies in the 80s and then he just kind of disappeared and you kind of hear all these stories and stuff so yeah he was, was, really he, neat. was he was a real crankpot but it was uh it, it was it was entertaining nonetheless <laughs> yeah for sure yeah and uh and i'm definitely gonna check out the adrian barbeau one that's awesome <laughs> yeah get, no yeah you get some really awesome guests there oh, and uh yeah, and um, I don't. Know, you're still going to Bridgeport games too, right? I mean, oh yeah, you know someone has to. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's a small group. Yeah, there there are certain nights when I think there's more people on the ice than in the stands now. But <laughs> you know, it. it's uh, it brings me back like you know, ten, twelve years ago with uh, all, all those guys there. You know, the Jeremy Collitons, because there's not there's not much uh, prospects down there right now. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, so I'll ask you real quick. We've uh, Jacob Skarik was named. AHL goalie of the month for January, which is pretty darn good. I had no idea he had been that good. Yeah. I mean, 
how did he look? Did he, did he look really, I mean, well, first of all, did you watch any of his games during the last month? And I mean, does he look like he, you know, might, might kind of be an NHL prospect at some point? Yeah, it's, he got drafted, uh, I think it was 2017. Uh, don't quote me on that right now off the top of my head. <laughs> but from his first year, he looked completely lost. And he was he was a young kid. He was 19 years old, came and go, came over here. And it was kind of like, all right, this is going to be, you know, he'll be back in, uh, you know, Europe in one one year. But he's he's looked like he's an NHL prospect now. He, he's really kept that team in a lot of games. And the team struggled a lot. But the difference between him and Corey Schneider is like <laughs> night and day there. So when you know Skarak's in the game, you know the game is going to be closed. So oh, yeah. it it could you know give give Lou a chance to trade Varlam off at the deadline or even in the off season and make Skarak your back, backup. I don't know if you really want to have a veteran yeah. backup there, but he's he's young and he's uh, he's good. So he's he's a big guy too. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds great. I was just like. You know, I mean, there's, there's so much bad news around the Islanders these days yeah. that I saw that I was like, really? Oh, wow, how about that? So, I mean, I, if I mean, I'm knowing Lou and, and Barry and I guess Mitch Korn and Piero Greco, they'll, they'll probably leave him down there. But probably. but I mean, that, that's an interesting development because, I mean, if they can make have a good another young, young goalie prospect. Yeah, that, that changes a lot of stuff. And Corey Schneider, again, seems like a nice guy. <laughs> I'm glad he's resurrected his career. He yeah. had a lot of injuries there. So I guess the fact that he could even play is, is a good thing. But, yeah, I don't think he's any kind of like long-term no. <laughs> solution for for either yeah. the islanders or their affiliate clubs yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> but uh but this was great no i really appreciate it uh this is again this was a huge home run we'll have you back on at some other point we've already talked about uh don't spoil it but we've already talked about some uh getting you uh to reserve your uh put your name down against uh, some other weird islanders and uh yeah this this was a lot of fun we had a good time and i'll tell you kids if you haven't lived through the ryan smith uh incident i don't <laughs> want to call it an era but like right. the ryan smith Moment story, moment story. <laughs> yeah. you, you really owe it to yourself to go back because it's a very strange time in Islanders history. And uh, thanks for uh, for letting me relive this. This was great. Oh, I appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you read Lighthouse Hockey. Make sure you listen to Islanders Anxiety. We'll have one coming up uh, soon, probably uh, just after the All-Star game. Enjoy the All-Star game. And uh, until next time, keep it weird. There's our new sign-off. See, I needed to get one, and I figured it out. All right, thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you later. All right, bye-bye.